Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Absolutely Not Podcast, where we do the most and the least at the same damn time. I'm your host, Heather McMahon. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Absolutely Not Podcast. My voice is getting more radio-esque by the day. I am sitting in Joni Mitchell's house in the Laurel Canyon area, not giving away too much of our location. I am so excited to introduce to you a very special person in my life. You're going to be seeing a lot of, because we're going into business together. That's right. One of my dear friends, I'm about to bring her in. Well, I'm in her house. See, I always say that like, oh, I'm going to bring her in the studio, but really she's sitting right across from me. We're making awkward eye contact. So let's just freaking get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Absolutely Not Podcast, my dear friend, Jennifer Zabrowski. Hello. Hi, girl. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. My Chinese chicken salad is settling. We feel great. I was at a meeting this morning and I texted Jen. I said, listen, we're going to do an episode of the podcast. We have some meetings this afternoon. Order me a basic bitch Chinese chicken salad from Jones on 3rd. That's what I want. That's what I always want. Always. We're, we're doing all the things today. I really like it. Uh, right? Multitasking, for T- sure. Truly multitasking. W- which is all you do, Heather. <laughs> I just, I, oh. You know, not even to get political, but I I had a moment the other day when Jeff was like sick and I had rearranged the furniture, done the laundry, basically started filing our taxes. I, you know, ordered all of our groceries online, did all these things. And I'm like still working. And I just looked up to the sky and I was like, how have we not had a female president yet? I'm with you. Right. I'm with you. It doesn't make any sense. We're the only ones that know how to do all the things. Literally all of the things I can do in an hour with an Adderall, you know? (laughs) Oh, I mean, the whole house will be clean. Okay, do you watch Vanderpump Rules? That's the only show I don't watch. Okay, they're trash people, for sure. Dumpster fire people. However, Lala... You know, Lala. Yes, because she married the guy, or she's engaged to the guy the who 50 Cent got in a fight with. Yes, Fofty. Fofty, please, Fofty. <laughs> right, <laughs> Please, right, I'm right. having heart palpitations. So she, on the new episode, so new season started, and she's saying about how there's a guy who's just like, totally, his girlfriend's paying for everything and how she's like, disgusted with it. And then she stops because she is somewhat self-aware. And she's like, look, Am I with a guy who's making a lot more money than me? Do I barely work? Yes, all of these things are true. (laughs) She's like, but I am keeping house. Yes. I am giving incredible blowjobs. And I was like, you know what? She's not wrong. She's not wrong. I've always said this. You got to stay in your lane. You know what I mean? People don't like a housewife. I love a housewife. You great at making casseroles? Do you love to iron? Are you great at sucking dick? You should get an Amex and a Tesla. Yes. Why the fuck not? 
oh, it's not about like all the most powerful men in the country. Like you're like, who are the women behind them? Like Bill Gates, his wife, Melinda Gates. Right. She's got the real. She's running the show. Absolutely. You know, Raymond, who you know very well, my one of my besties, he says he wants to be the first man. He's like, I have no desire to be president, but I would love for my future husband to be president. He's like, can you imagine the shit I would do with the Christmas decorations? I was like, oh, honey, we would be on the yacht with like, you know, the president and princess or whatever of like Sweden thriving. Yes. Yeah. I always loved it. At Soul Cycle, when I would see Raymond, I just knew everything was going to be okay. Right. I was like, I'm in good hands. This is also going to be fun. I remember one Cinco de Mayo, he was dressed <laughs> in a classic like Mexican garb. Right. And, and that's it- actually the day he got fired. <laughs> <laughs> Was that too much? No, it was a little too on the nose, apparently, or off-brand for Soul Cycle. No, he got fired for other reasons, but I'll tell you this. I'll never forget that day. I loved that day. Fuck them. The funny thing is that you would walk in and feel like a sense of soothing calmness when you saw Ray. Ray was the total opposite. He would be behind the desk at Soul Cycle, sweating like, "What? how the fuck am I going to pay my bills? So Maybe that's the energy that is calming to me. Right. Because it just felt like everything's going to be okay because- Raymond will bring us back to reality. Oh, 100%. Like if I ever need anyone's opinion, I just go to Ray first. I would. It's truthful. I might start direct messaging him and be like, I know we don't have this kind of relationship yet, but I'm looking for advice. Maybe that could be his like side gig. Oh, yeah. I could pay him to be But you got to just know, like you will cry one day from something he says to you. You'll be like, that was too real. That's what I want. Yeah. Okay, we need to backtrack and tell people real quick, though. So just for your information, Jen and I are developing a show together. We're very excited. We met, though. Can you kind of break down for the audience how we met? And side note real quick, I have said this from the beginning. I don't give a shit about bringing on Lala or celebrities. All I want to do is talk to interesting people who are important in my life because y'all are invested. And so I think it's important that you understand the relationship Jen and I have and kind of where it all started. Do you want to give like, you know? Yes, I love this. By the way, guys, this is what we do in meetings when we go to take the show out. This is how we start. It's like, so how, how did you two meet? Yeah. So what happened was I have a podcast called We Need to Talk About Britney. I've been obsessed with Britney Spears since she came onto the scene. And I think it was my very first episode of doing the podcast. And people were like, you need to have Heather McMahon on. And I was like, who's Heather McMahon? And then people on Instagram were like, how dare you? What do you mean you fucking don't know who Heather is? <laughs> I'm talking to all of you who are listening. Right. And so I started watching your stories and I was like, oh my God. And I reached out. I was like, you're the best, funniest. And then I totally became obsessed with you as well. And I asked you, and what I loved right away, you responded instantly and you were like, yeah, let's do it. And then uh, you came out to LA and we got together. And then because... Okay, my favorite thing to do is, is to ask people, like, I just want to get in there. Right. Like, I just, like, let's get to it. Right. Like, what happened with your last pap smear? Yes. Kind of get into it. Yes. You know, what were the results? Yes. And yeah. so I was basically like, so what's the deal? Why aren't you famous yet? Because this was now like a year ago. And it was like happening. But I was like, where's the show? Where right. are the movies? Where are the development deals? <laughs> like, what is happening? Where's the tour? I mean, like all the things that right. are- Because you got me at the height of when the Britney- So you got me at like the end of 2018. Because that's when all the Britney 911 stuff started going viral. And then I came out that February. So we're talking now about February 2019. So almost a year. We've been- Over a year, we've been friends. Oh my gosh. We're really so doing it. We really- We jumped into a relationship <laughs> real 
quick. <laughs> and I think it's because, especially because it's a business relationship, what I love about you, Heather, mm-hmm. it's like one of the first meetings we had where it's like, maybe we should do something together. You're like looking at me <laughs> and you're like, I got to be honest. <laughs> I heard your voice on your Instagram and you're like, and I thought, are you batshit crazy? <laughs> and I was like, yes. I felt I felt really seen. Because right. I like that. I kind of freak people out at first. And then also you were like, I'm seeing you in your world and in your life. And like, I can tell like, you're okay over here. Right. Like we can go in business together because we enjoy each other. Right. We get what we want to accomplish but we don't need to like carve each other's names into like our skin. You're you not know? going to Bleed. reject <laughs> your bullshit onto me and I won't mine on you. We don't have time for that. We don't know who has time. So we yeah. sat down at your house. You invited me over, which was very bold. I was like, I'm either going to get, she's going to skin me and wear me <laughs> or we're going to leave soul sisters. That's my vibe. That is her vibe. So I came over to do your podcast. We need to talk about Brittany, which side note, if you're just as obsessed with Brittany as I am, you have to listen to it. Like Jen really breaks down what's been going on. We go deep. Like go I deep. have an episode right now that's just about Brittany's hair and mm-hmm. I have a celebrity hairstylist come on and he like gets into it. We go in chronological order. It's pretty great. As one would. Yeah, we need to. We, we need, need to, to dissect every strand because there's every a lot. Every extension, every <sighs> type of extension she's worn, the whole thing. So yeah, yeah. But we had a really interesting kind of like pivotal moment. So when we were recording the podcast, you and I were just chit-chatting about life. And then we both realized that we had just gone through something like very traumatic in our life. We had both just lost loved ones within like three months of each other. Yeah, so my two best friends in high school were brother and sister, Megan and Kevin Meehan. And they were Irish twins. So they were just almost a year apart. Right. And Kevin, he died of cancer, got a really crazy, aggressive, rare cancer. And he died within a year of being diagnosed. And then three months after he died, his sister, who was truly the greatest friend I've ever had, she was diagnosed with a different, super rare, aggressive cancer. And she died nine months later. How fucked up is that? <laughs> it's like, That's like next level fucked up. So fucked up that even now I think I'm just, I'll have moments where I catch my breath and I'm like, that was really fucked up (laughs) and I, nothing makes sense. Right. And uh, I'm like, well, buckle up. Who knows what's going to happen next? It really does change your perspective on so many things. And it was interesting. One of the best episodes I've had on this podcast is when I brought on my friend, Jamie Greenberg, who she and I talked about her losing her mom and just kind of like real life shit. Like this is the kind of stuff that I am, I am interested in. It's like, how do we deal with shit that happens in our life and life and like persevere and figure out our new normal? So we were sitting here, we thought it was just going to be an afternoon talking about Britney Spears. And then we just talked to her we like, holy shit, we've just been through this. I just lost my dad. You lost your two friends. And then I kind of was like, listen, we need to make a show out of this. Like, this is what I need to tell the story. Like, let's go for it. So we've been out there pitching our show. And it's just going to be, I know it's going to be great. One, I can't wait for everyone to see you in this character. It's a version of you. Right. But the things that you've got cooked up. Let me tell you what. (laughs) It's Move so, over, Chris Jenner. The drama's coming. It's really coming. It's so <laughs> fucking good. But it was also, it's been so healing because I think when we met, Megan was still alive, but we knew that she was dying and it was happening pretty right. quickly. It just gave me 
a place to put all of this. Right. Because the thing is, is that people are so afraid to talk about death and dying. But when you're going through it, like that's what's happening. And not to be like, I can't get over it or what. It's just, it's absurd. It's hilarious. It's, it is also hard. It's what's happening. It's just this Chinese chicken salad that's sitting here on the, on the coffee table. It's as real as that. Like that truly as real as Jones on third. <laughs> and if you don't know what Jones on third is, it's just the most amazing delicatessen, bougie, little like fast grab and go place in Los Angeles. And they make the best Chinese chicken salad. Like a Nancy Myers. Oh, dream. Yeah. Porn yeah. dream. Yeah. It's the best. Everything's white and black. It's just like, you know, it's just very. Joan's <sighs> always walking around, greeting everybody, doing her thing. I've met Charlize Theron. I've met like really A-list celebrities, the Beckhams, a Beyonce came into Soul Cycle. The only person I've ever fanned out for is Joan, who owns <laughs> Joan's on third. And she's like a very kind, sweet, like probably in her 70s white woman. Yeah. And I literally was hysterically crying. Yeah, she is like the ultimate housewife who turned it into a business. Hell yes, she did. Because she takes care of you as if you were in her home. Yeah. And I love that. I love that vibe. You will spend $47 on said Chinese chicken salad, but it's worth it. Very true. Very true. You know what? I love Cartier. I love Louis Vuitton. I love Gucci, baby. I love that Rolex. Hand it to me. Put it on my wrist. I love designer things. Up to 90% off retail. I'm talking about that realreal.com, baby. Shop and consign women's and men's luxury fashion and streetwear. Because, honey, who doesn't like streetwear? Oh, wait. Did you go to your grandma's house and she has some weird, funky-ass chair in the corner? And you're like, that looks like a piece of art from the 70s. Oh, they will do home decor that is worth something. You got a Picasso sitting in your Aunt Linda's house? You didn't even know that it was a Picasso? The Real Real will send over their white glove service and check out and meticulously go through to authenticate your streetwear, your home furniture, that Cartier watch that your granddad left you that you thought, ah, it's nothing. I am telling you, they have over 100 brand specialists, gemologists, horologists, never knew what that was, and art curators around the globe who can inspect thousands of items each day to ensure that every item is authentic. All you got to do to shop the sensible way is go online, download the app, and guess what? Shop in-store, online, or download the app and get 20% off select items with promo code REAL. That's realreal.com, promo code REAL, for 20% off select items. Now, back to the podcast. As a parent, do you ever wish someone could just whisper some realistic and trustworthy support in your ear and not make you feel awful for not having all the answers? Well, that's what I'm here for. I'm Dr. Aliza Pressman, developmental psychologist, parent educator, clinical professor, and I'm a mom. My goal is to make your parenting journey less overwhelming and a lot more joyful. Please join me every Friday for new episodes of Raising Good Humans. So Jen and I met and we just were like, let's do this. So last, what was it? A couple months ago, we were out going to these pitch meetings. And just so you know, I know so many of y'all that are listening are not anywhere in this entertainment world, but just so you know, pitch meetings are like basically where you dump your soul out on the table to have people like sort of act uninterested. But we went into all these meetings and had the time of our fucking lives. And Jen is a very seasoned veteran at this. She's sold shows before and she's been in this business longer than me. And she was like, honestly, this isn't supposed to be fun. And we had a fucking <laughs> blast. Also, okay. Yeah. It wasn't even the meetings. The meetings were so fun, but I loved how we did the day. Because yeah. sometimes you do three in a day. Right. And those, you're talking straight for an hour where you have to, you're so on and you're presenting the whole show and you have to make it seem like none of it has been 
written well or rehearsed. Be, I was yeah. gonna say we barely did, <laughs> but <laughs> we're quick learners. But we like stopped at Madewell in yes. between. We bought like a soft, tender gray shirt. Yeah. Then we one day we hit up a Chick Fil A. Yes. In between meetings. Now that did not settle right. <laughs> I blacked out in the middle of one meeting where I was like, I'm sorry, I'm having, we ate Chick-fil-A right before we came. I just had to tell them. Yeah, like your stomach was making like a serious <laughs> noise. And I was actually, cause that's my bloodline. I was actually thriving. Like you were in the corner sweating about to have diarrhea. And I literally was like, why is Jen acting so weird right now? I feel great. I bl- blacked out. I was like, I don't know what I was just talking about. Right. They took it well. <laughs> now we didn't get an offer from them. So I might've ruined that for you, Heather. No, you didn't ruin but- anything. We left every meeting and this is maybe how this speaks to my delusion. I left every meeting like being like, oh, they're fucking buying our show. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? It's going to be a goddamn bidding war. Was a little bit. Was. I just left it very overly zealous. Like, oh, we got this. There wasn't a doubt in my mind we were going to sell the show. Well, because we were kind of like, we weren't going in being like, I hope they like us. We were like, they're fucking crazy (laughs) if they don't like us. Real. And even one meeting, we're not going to name names. She's a big deal. (laughs) She's a very big deal. And the person running her development is a monster person. (laughs) Imagine a troll underneath the bridge that you have to tell riddles to in order to cross said bridge. That is this woman. Okay, hold on. Before we get into this, the crazy thing is this entire week of pitching, so it's literally like seven days of just nonstop going. This is when my ovaries started to turn. So about 48 hours after our last pitch, I was on that flight to London where my ovary exploded. So the whole week, I'm like, Jen, something's not right. I don't feel good. I blacked out in one of our meetings. I thought I was going to vomit in another one. She, and I think you may have thought like, maybe it's a little nerves. I was actually, this was the beginning of the contortion of my ovary. But you know yourself well. You yeah. did say something's up with my ovaries. And I know enough about women to know that when they say, Something's up. Something's up that you just have to look at them and be like, I got you. I like believe women. Right. <laughs> like, oh yeah. <laughs> Don't you worry. I believe you, girl. I see what's happening. Yeah. You just, you got to have your partners back. So we go into this meeting and at this, again, very like high powered lady in Hollywood, her production company, they basically made us sit there for 45 minutes. A healthy 15 is fine. I look at Jen, I go, Jen, something's happening in my body. This is when I was like, I'm going to be either blackout, throw up. I was like, something's going on. She's like, can you make it through the meeting? I'm like, let's get in there. We get into the meeting. This woman asked us the most egregious, disgusting questions about our show. She literally could not wrap her head around the fact that we had both suffered a loss. What what did she directly say? So let us remind you, two people, two human beings are sitting across from this non-human being saying, okay, I lost two people in the span of a year. And then Heather, you're talking about how you lost your dad. Right. Okay, so it's not like (laughs) this is a show about princesses. Right. And like we have nothing to relate to. Like we're telling you like people died and we're like spilling our guts out on this table. And the woman was like, "Mm, okay, well, (laughs) but if the show is about grief, I mean, after a year, so the first season, she's over her dad dying. So then what? 
at that point, my eyes rolled in the back of my head to the point where I started seizing. It was like blood sugar had dropped. I was seizing. And Jen said the greatest thing I've ever heard. And, you know, we go into these meetings and Jen is experienced with this. And I was like, how do we get out of this? And Jen just literally goes, so you've clearly never experienced loss. And I think this conversation's over. We've got to go to a meeting at Jed Apatow's. I, I'm name dropping. I don't care. Uh, literally across in Santa Monica on a Friday. So we're going to go now. And we picked up our shit. And I was like, fuck yes, Jen. Tell <laughs> this lady to suck it. And we got out in the car and we got in the car and we we're like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. And that's when, I mean, I think to me, that's when I was like, we're going to do well together. Yeah. Because I looked at you and I said, is that okay that I did that? And I was like, fuck yes. <laughs> that woman was the, the worst. worst. And then we ate chocolate-covered pretzel sticks while running out of gas, too. Yeah. Yeah. So big shout-out to Lori. Lori came to the Portland show. Lori was, wow, this full circle back to Jones on 3rd. I was at Jones on 3rd in the West Hollywood location. This crazy lady, Lori, came up to me, and she's, like, dressed in Lily Pulitzer with her two Yorkies. No, her one Yorkie. She was like, oh, my God, I'm obsessed with you. Hold on. I'll be right back. Threw her dog at me, ran into Jones on 3rd, got me two bottles of Whispering Angel and a bunch of cookies and, like, chocolate-covered pretzels. Came out with a goodie bag. Was like, I'll see in Portland. I'm obsessed. So I have this bag. So literally Jen and I haven't eaten in like, you know, 45 minutes. We're starving. We've just left this meeting that's in Burbank. We've got to get across town on a Friday. It's literally ways of saying it's going to take you an hour and a half to get to this other meeting. So at Jed Apatow's office, we're like, fuck yeah, we want to sell this show to Jed Apatow. Like, hell yeah. So then next thing you know, I like pops in my head, oh shit, we got the goodie bag from good old Lori. So we're just like deep throating these chocolate covered pretzels. We almost ran out of gas on the 405. But if it wasn't for Lori from Portland, Oregon, we would have been dead. No, we would have just passed out. The car would have gone off like- a ravine. Yeah, we would have been done for off the side of the 405. We made it there. All thanks to Lori. Full circle. Also too, Heather, mm-hmm. when we stopped at Chick-fil-A, this is what I love about whenever you're in town. I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm just going to get to like have, eat, eat <laughs> and have time. Like when we were driving to that meeting, we were very hungry. Yeah. And I was like, I need a bite. Like I am not <laughs> going to make it to, through this next meeting if I don't eat something. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm with you. Like I could eat a little something. And you were like, we need Chick-fil-A. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. I hang out with like so many fucking, I hang out with people who play attractive people on television. So right. that means they are in the like, 0.1% of attractive people on this planet right. who like don't eat ever Chick-fil-A. And so we were in the, I remember we're through the, in the drive-thru and you were like, Jen, have you ever been to Chick-fil-A? You could sense it. Yeah. I, you were nervous. You didn't know what to order. You were getting, and I, I get very bossy when it comes to ordering. I think I was like, listen, bitch. Jesus, we, take the I wheel. Like, Jesus, take the wheel. And the lady, we rolled down the window and they're like, what do you want? And I just started rattling off all this shit. And I was like, and we need 10 sauces. This bitch has never even tried a condiment. And the woman like on the, like the drive-through speaker was like, oh, hell yeah, girl. I'm gonna throw in 10 sauces. And we tore it up. And Heather lined them all up. She directed me. She's like, all right, now you're going to do this with this sauce. And then you're going to take a fry. You're going to do this. And I was like, okay, it was great. It was like a tour guide of Chick-fil-A. I get really joyful. I think because I don't give a fuck anymore. Like after living in LA, I was even at my thinnest, but nothing was really happening. Once I started eating again is when I like started thriving. So I just want everybody to feel the same joy that I feel when I put a little bit of Chick-fil-A sauce or honey mustard or a Polynesian in a fry. Like Live a little. Live a little. We also went to Craig's after a day of meetings. Oh, then we went to yeah. the Pikey. We ate burgers and fries. That yeah. was the same day as Chick-fil-A. Yes. Then we also ended the week with- 
massages. <laughs> First, we went to Taroni, yep. great Italian restaurant. <laughs> we had drinks and food, and then we got massages. And then that's how we ended our, our week. That's how I like to roll. You know what I mean? It's like blood sugar gets low. Let's just get a five count nug. You know, it you got to live. the best week. And that's why when this show happens, we're just going to have the best craft service. Yeah. We're going to work hard, play hard. Yeah. It's going to be so good. So now things take forever, forever in this town. So mm-hmm. now, so we do have producers attached and then, then eventually we're going to take it to like buyers. So this is our whole process, you guys. But we just need to do it. Send the good vibes our way. I have been adding, I have a vision board for myself that I've started. And I have a vision board for like, when you guys send me messages on Instagram, you're like, hey, I want to manifest this job. I'll literally write down like, Cindy wants a job at Apple. Great. I write it down. Because you got to also put out good energy for other people. So if you guys have a friend vision board, I need you to put on your vision board for Jen and I that we get the show picked up. Yes. And we want to make it and we want it to be successful. Yes. Because I already spoke it into existence that in- 2021, we'll be at the Golden Globes. That would be a really quick turnaround, though. Great. That's fine. Let's do it. Can we shoot a show and then somehow air it? And then probably would not air this year. Crazier things have happened. True. People have been dying on us. (laughs) People have been dying within a year. So So, fuck. Fuck that. (laughs) So at the very least, we could make a pilot of a television show. At the very least. Yeah. Come on now. You know what? The only person who's going to try and stop us is Satan. And guess what? I'm embarrassed for him and I rebuke it. He ain't going to get us. Thank you, Heather. Anytime. Here are a couple of things I feel like that we have in common. Mm -hmm. We love Jesus. We love Jesus. (laughs) Designing women. Love it. The best show ever. You like Sister Act 2, right? I love Sister Act 2. Okay, thank you. It's like one of the only sequels that really worked. Yes. Truly, the Sister Act entire series is the only one. And then Sister Act the musical, one of my faves. I've never seen it. I got to see it. Fantastic. They actually did a really great job. A lot of when it goes from movie to on, you know, the Broadway translation, it doesn't work. Sister Act is a great show. Heather, can I share an absolutely not with you that happened to me last night? We got so excited. We haven't even gotten to the absolutely nots. Yes, Jen. Let's start the absolutely not podcast with your absolutely not. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I go to this thing called Shape House. I love Shape House. You go and sweat. You go and sweat. You get in an infrared sleeping bag. So you just get into a hot steaming sleeping bag and you sweat your brains out. And I'm an anxious person. It's really helped with my sleep. I can sleep through the night because of this. Like if I go to that and then I come home and go to bed, I'm like right as rain. It's just like I'm a little baby. I just, I'm surprised though with anxiety that you could be zipped up in that hot waffle bag. Oh, it's just very soothing. It's like the only thing that shuts me up. Like I'm just like. And just for like a picture, I want people who do know what Chick-fil-A is, you know how they have the lining of the Chick-fil-A actual bag is that perfect foil. Those bags are made to keep the sandwich warm. So I want you to imagine, Jen, and do you have to wear lay- You have to wear clothes. Yes. You have to wear like long sleeve, long pants, socks, cover yourself so you sweat even more. And you slide into essentially a Chick-fil-A bag. Yes. And they put another like weighted blanket over you and you're just fucking melting. Yes. And you lay in these little like pod things and then they'll turn on like, you know, whatever show you want to watch. So you I can watched, watch. I watched Killing Eve. Perfect. It was great. And you sit in there for about an hour. An hour. And then you get out. And the grossest thing is you're not supposed to shower for like two hours after. Yes. Why is that? 
That I don't know. I don't understand it. I think it's something about like the toxins are still kind of like coming out of your body. Right. And also if you come home and take a shower, you might continue to sweat. And so then it's like, you're like dirty again. Got it. That second part could be something I made up. That could I mean, be more like gen logic than I sweat factual. for like three hours after a workout. I've had some horrible experiences of like worked out, taking a shower and then got in the car to go to something. And uh-huh. I get there and I just start dripping with sweat <laughs> and I have like a mustache of sweat and I'm like, Jesus Christ. Right. Because I run at two speeds. I'm either like Charlize Theron and Monster or Charlize Theron as Charlize Theron. Right, <laughs> like, right, right. And like, I'm either put together or, and that's, I am, I'm being very generous with myself, but I'm either like put together or like a monster person. I am the exact same way. People see me no, out in the wrong. you are always so fabulous. Girl, that's because we've been going to meetings. My day to day is literally like, raw dog. If I can go out without wear, and I don't wear makeup anymore. I mean, I have like a full face on now because we're trying to like sell some shit. God, well, you got, you got great skin because I see on the stories and I'm like, you always look 100, but I'm like, oh, maybe I just need to get eyelashes put in. I'm telling you, eyelash extensions will change Uh, your life. That and some, listen, my word for the year, I choose a word for the year. Yes. Not a resolution and it's elevate. So I think maybe like some eyelashes, some micro feathering on the the Microblading. Yes, microblading. Just get the thing that I got. These are my eyebrows. I just color them in. I actually upgraded to the Anastasia Beverly Hills pencil. And I'm going to be honest with you, it's amazing. But the the brow flick thing from Urban Decay is awesome too. We bought that together. We bought that together. (laughs) After we literally like did our last pitch, we went to Sephora by the Jones on 3rd on Ventura, the one in the Valley. We bebop between the one in the Valley and the one in West Hollywood. We went and bought some eye stuff together. Uh, oh, well, okay. okay. So I'm in this hot, steaming sleeping bag. Right. I just needed to vibe out. And it's separated by just thin shower curtain. Right. So the person next to you, you can kind of hear them. Even though you're wearing headphones watching a television show, you can hear someone if they like take a breath, you know, because right. they're so hot. Or if they're being tucked into their hot sleeping bag. Right. There is a man beside me and he's like, uh, <gasps> I'm like, oh boy. All right. I hope he's getting settled. It's like, mm, uh, <gasps> and it went on for the full hour. Okay. So a couple of things come to mind. Well, just to start. Absolutely not. He was masturbating. Must have been. Too hot for a masturbation situation. Okay, so if he's not masturbating, right. fuck you, dude. One, you know that it's just curtains separating us. You know how close you are to another person. Only a guy would do this. Here's my theory. Okay. Because one, a woman would know that she'd be totally disturbing the other people around her. It's called spatial awareness. Yeah. And two, I'm sorry. I realize that you are in a hot, steaming sleeping bag, but fucking grow a pair. You're the one with the balls and you need to moan and groan. Like this is the hardest thing you've ever done is laying in this hot sleeping bag. I'm sorry. If it's too much, get Get up up and get out. Okay. So did you ever get like clock the guy when he left? Did you see what he looked like? Heather, I couldn't bring myself to do it. I don't blame you. They open the curtain and they're like, they always ask, how was your sweat? And I was like, terrible. I was like, the guy next to me was moaning and groaning. Did you hear that? And she did one of these like, no. I'm like, you You heard it. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm like, no, it sounded like he was having an orgasm. That was disgusting. It was so disruptive. (laughs) And 
I was like, can I have a complimentary sweat? Right. And she's like, I'm so sorry. I can't, I can't offer that to you. I wish you would have told us earlier so we could have told him to stop. And I'm like, okay, that's just so bad fucking customer service. problem that this guy's having a fucking orgasm over here? No, that's bad customer service. For the amount you could have shape house, they should have just been like, yeah, of course. What's it on them? You could slide in the bag whenever. Right? That, absolutely not. And only a guy would do that. Only a man would do that. He's a like, mouth you breather. you little baby. Yeah. You little fucking baby. And then yeah. because it sounded like he was having an orgasm, I'm like, oh, to fucking have to have sex with you <laughs> would be a nightmare. <laughs> would be like, like he just wants to be like serviced. Yeah. Taken care of. The worst. And like, again, if you can't handle this sleeping bag, you cannot handle going down on me. No Do you know shit. what I'm saying? Yes, 100%. <laughs> okay. I just couldn't believe it. He is, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say without a doubt a peeping Tom too. You know he is. He could he could be a guy with money because Shape House isn't cheap, but he's probably a peeping Tom, probably lives somewhere in like Studio City in a nice place, but spies on the neighbors like kids who are outside. This he, guy is a total creep. She asked me then, she said, do you want to go to the relax room where you have like tea and oranges and you like catch your breath because it is hot? And I was like, well, is he in the relax room? Right. And she was like, yeah. I was like, I'm, no, no. I don't want to be anywhere near this guy. So I had to walk by the relax room and I saw his legs and I was going to, I couldn't, I couldn't look at him. I couldn't even look at him. So I only saw the bottom of his legs. I've had that situation with people on flights before. Like you get a fucking creep sitting next to you. You get a mouth breather. You get a, I had a one guy who was moaning and groaning on a flight next to me. It was when I got upgraded to like the, the pods. It was from LAX back to JFK. And this guy next to me was throwing back about 65 whiskeys on the rocks, eating his John and Benny's, which is so good. You know, they serve it on the Delta flights from LAX. And literally he was just, you know, you, you panic. You almost like literally panic. Cause I'm like, I can't look over. Cause there was something about him. His hands were moving under the blanket. There was something happening. I I was like, I'm 99% sure that this man's just whacking it. Here's the thing. If someone's in pain or struggling. I want to be there to help. 100%. <laughs> I would have jumped out of that sleeping bag and be like, yeah. you good? I got you. Yeah. But this was like a performance. Right. I'm like, you really don't need to moan. And we are not in a yoga class where they're saying, let me hear you Breathe. breathe out or yeah. whatever the fuck happens there. And that's when I usually just queef a couple times, you know? <laughs> <laughs> just, a, just a little too. Yeah, 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 yeah. A little queef. It's yeah. Something. But no, this was... It's unacceptable. That's an absolutely not. And listen, I got to be honest with you. And this is no hate, no shade to the Asian culture. But my best friend Raymond is, you know, half Chinese. And he's like, Heather, you're going to Asia. He's like, just so you know, there is no spatial awareness. Like you just need to be like, it's somebody who's, I think I'm very spatially aware. He's like, you just need to go in there and know that like, yo, people are going to be zipping by you. You're like, there is no, you just got to be in the zone <laughs> okay. and just know that just be prepared for it. He's like, I'm, I want you to be mentally prepared. And I was like, thank you for giving me that heads up because I do get a little crazy. You know, and sometimes it's just a cultural difference. But I do think that's my bit. Like if I were to be too close to somebody and I'm a toucher, like when I see you, I'm like, touch your shoulder or whatever. I'm just waiting for somebody to sue me for sexual harassment. I'm like, I thought I was giving them a hug. Didn't know it lingered too I'm long. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm a big petter. Yeah, I love a pet. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Like I just want to be aware of this. But that man knew better than to do what he did in his hot sleeping bag. So he just thinks that the world is his for the taking. Of course he does. And doesn't care about the people around him. What if you like peeped over and saw that he was watching something like Homeland? 
Oh, oh. Carrie. Yeah. Oh. She's having a mental breakdown. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so gross. Also, also, I can't with like this over-exaggeration. Who really makes this oh, noises during sex? No one. No one. You can get freaky and put on your voice, but at no point are you like, Oh, yeah. Like, gross. You don't want to do it with him. I don't want to do it with him. Was, I don't care if it was, who does it for me? A lot of guys. Uh, Jason Momoa for me. Oh, shit. Heather. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see him at the I Golden Globes? He wore a tank top. He wore a tank top. And literally, I was just like, row. <laughs> yeah. I'm like a John Hamm. Yeah. Sometimes a Chris Pratt. I like a tall, a tall man. Yeah. Jason You're married Momoa. to a very handsome tall man. I am. I always say he is adorable. Like, he is very handsome and he has no idea. So right. it really works in my favor. <sighs> the best. But I always say he's got the jawline of a Disney prince. He's got uh, Disney prince vibes. Oh my God, he does. And he has a very great brow. He has a great brow. I have a question. You didn't take his last name, right? When I go to the doctors. Yeah. Like, so legally, yes. Okay, you did. Yeah. But professionally, you didn't. Yeah. Because I'm not taking Jeff's last name and people are very upset about it. No, I say it's it's a whole new world. Just do you. That is not who I am. Right. Like I'm, I am Jen Zabrowski. Right. I mean, it's just such a good name. Yeah. I said legally, I'm like, our kids can be Daniels, but I'm Heather McMahon. 100%. That's exactly what I would do. Like at the I end did, of every yeah. episode of Marvelous Miss Maisel, she's like, good night. I'm Ms. Maisel. I'm like, good night. I'm Heather McMahon. Yes. I'm not Heather Daniels. No. No, you're Heather McMahon. Yeah. You got to have that extra syllable. You, you got to. So only when I go to the doctor. Okay. I show up and I forget sometimes. They'll be right. like, I'm like, oh God, I forgot. I have noticed it does get confusing because like with a lot of our wedding stuff, you know. Oh yeah, when you asked, I, I know I even was like, do I tell her, do I no, no, no. Rob a show? No, but that's what I wanted because I asked you, I said, okay. send me because I knew that you didn't use his last name all the time. And also too, like sometimes I just like being Jen Zabrowski. Yeah. And so sometimes I'm like, well, if it's a nice thing, should I say Jennifer? But I'm like, no. And same thing with Van because he's really... Van is John Vance Robichaux the third. I mean, that is a fucking good name. And he looks like a prince. So it's very funny to me, but he's like, I'm Van. Robichaux is such a New Orleans French name. Yeah. The first time I went to visit, I think I got really sick and I had to pick up medication and his mom picked it up for me. And she was like, oh, I went and Zabrowski, they didn't even know how to pronounce it. They like made such a big deal. I'm like, your name is Robichaux. <laughs> right. but, then, <laughs> but then I like got it. I was like, oh, okay, because there it's the most New Orleans name ever. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that's New Orleans. That's New Orleans. Right there. Right there. Yeah. Okay. We're going to take a quick break because we got to go to our meeting and then we're going to come <laughs> right back. We got to go actually to a pitch meeting. Yeah, we can tell you what happened. We're going to tell you what happened. So we're going to go to a quick meeting and then we're going to come right back and finish the episode. If you're like me and you came back from Cabo, oh, I wasn't even in Cabo, I was in Tulum. You know what I mean, Mexico. From the holidays and your skin's drier than the back ass of a reptile. I swear to God, I've realized the weather, the environment, all of these things are messing up with my skin. And that's why I found a little company called Skin Say. That's right, Skin Say. And basically what Skin Say does is they take a bigger approach, a 360 approach to what exactly is going on with your skin and help you pick out the best skincare for a complexion that looks and feels great today and tomorrow. It's not just about what we're putting on top of our skin. We need to know all about the environment. You go online, you take their quiz, and literally through a five-minute online diagnostic, they will assess your skin and let you know everything that you need to provide you a skincare routine that's literally recommended based on your entire lifestyle. No confusion, no guesswork, 
all delivered directly to your door and free shipping. Honestly, I can't go into another store and ask 65 different reps, like, hey, what do I need for my T-zone? What do I need for my chin? Let me just go online, do it the sustainable way, take a quiz and have Skin Say send things directly to my door. The greatest thing is just go online to Skin Say. It's S-K-I-N-S-E-I.com backslash absolutely on your mobile device, specifically your mobile device, and take our skin diagnostic. And then use your promo code for discount on your first order. Again, get started on skin, S-K-I-N-S-E-I.com backslash absolutely and get a free diagnostic with 20% off your first order with my code absolutely. Because you know what I want to have in 2020? Absolutely great skin. I'm not getting that old rusty T-zone. I'm fixing my pores. I'm shrinking my pores. I want that glow up, baby. I'm getting that glow up from the flow up. That's right, with skinsay.com. And we're back. So Jen and I had to take a quick break to go to a very important Hollywood meeting. I will say we did come back with accoutrements. We got a nice smoked Gouda dip. Explain what just happened at Pavilions Shopping Center. We popped over into Pavilions. A lovely man was in there. So would you like some cheese? We said, of course. I mean, is it Monday? I'm not going to turn down a sample. I had the regular, you had the spicy. Both were delightful. Basically, the way the man approached it was, he said it was a Gouda salsa. Wouldn't really sound good, but it was friggin' delicious. (laughs) This is so good. Also, my dog is growling. All right, listen, you got to stop. Can I give him a cracker to... No, no, that'll, uh, you know what? I'm going to let him do this though. Sorry, Heather. No, Is this fine. okay? No, right. Lucky, come on up. Come on up. Join oh. the podcast. There we go, pal. I'm looking at the sweetest Cocker Spaniel, maybe mix of King Cavalier. I don't know. It's the, He's a sweet angel. He really is. I love you, buddy. But that Gouda was delicious. We got that. We got some Marcona almonds, some pecans, pecans. 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 You know you're not from the South if you say pecan. Nobody in the South says pecan pie. We say pecan pie. Yes. Like you've gone pecan. Like, yes. Like, yeah. Okay. Okay. That's how we get it. Okay. You just say pecan pie. Pecan pie. You don't say pecan. So Northerners always say, I got the pecan pie. No, it's not fucking pecan pie. It's pecan. I looked at you and I was like, I'm with a Southerner. This is not going to go well. And a bottle, again, a lovely bottle of Sancerre. Which is one of my faves. Mine too. The great thing is, is you're a really great communicator. So we went into pavilions to celebrate the great meeting we just went to. We were like, okay, we're going to finish recording the podcast. And I was like, what do you need? Like, what do you want to drink? And you were like, Heather, I need something light. I need a bright. I need like that acidic finish. And I was like, Sancerre, that's where we're going. And we're here. And we're here. That's great. Side note, did you notice that the guy who was selling, now I, I want to find out the name of this Gouda dip. And we should give um, him a shout out. Yeah. I'm, oh shit, it's on the bottom. We, we ripped through the packaging. He was kind of like Danny Trejo. He was, <laughs> he was. like a hardcore, <laughs> yes. like cholo Mexican gangster. He had tattoos who, on his face. Oh, fully. He had done some time and he had like a long beard that, that he braided. That he braided. So it was a little, it threw me off. He's like, this is my homemade Gouda salsa. And I was like, oh, okay. He's like, I chop it up like salsa, but it's Gouda with some onion. We might have, I mean, is that chives? chives? It's fucking delicious. Yeah, it's, chunky. It's not abrasive. It's it's not an abrasive chunk. It's called Spicy Mo's. Established 2012, Los Angeles, crafted with love. It's a mild smoke good artisanal cheese spread. I should be doing like more of like a cholo accent, but I'm just like, you know, that's I'm a, I can do it. But I said, you know what? Someone is going to fucking come for me for it. So I'm not. We're not doing any cultural appropriation. Over no, there. I usually do though. So <laughs> that's fine. And and honestly, the guy drew a character of him 
on the front with his like goatee and everything. I'm here for it. Oh, Shout shit. out to Spicy Moe's. I didn't see that, that the logo looks like him. I mean, it was really it, like, it was just very, what's the word? Do you know, Sequan? Uh, it wasn't, it was unexpected. Unexpected. That's what it was. Now, Heather, because you've been hustling your ass off and you've got merch, you take people on trips, right. you, you've been on tour, like you're doing a lot of things. You know how much it took this guy to get to this. Right. He came up with the idea. He uh-huh. made a test samples. Is he making this himself? The packaging, the logo. It's great. An entrepreneur who's really doing it. And it's great. And I got to be honest with you, I never really go for a Gouda because sometimes a Gouda can have a weird consistency. I don't like American cheese. I could have been a fromager. (laughs) Could have been a cheesemonger. Mm -hmm. But there's something about the consistency of Gouda. It can get too almost like an American cheese or something about it. This, fantastic. I I don't even know how to describe the texture. This is great. Yeah. It's more like a chutney, I want to say. <laughs> like a, a cheese, cheese chutney. chutney. All right, get in the car. We're we got, heading back we to go. the pavilions. We got a note. We got, we got, a, got note. a note for you. It's great. So shout out to Mo. Shout out to our meeting. And now we're back. We're having a glass of wine. See, Jen said this earlier, but when I come in town, I force her to luxuriate. And I force her to go eat seven meals a day. I'm excited. We're doing this. There's talk of perhaps dinner. Oh, for sure. All right, I'm loving it. Yeah. You know what it is? I just learned a long time ago, there's very few things that I need. I need, you know, decent sleep, maybe a 15 minute nap in the car. And I just need snacks. Because guess what? Being thin at this point, I will get thin for my wedding. Like I said, I'm getting a parasite this weekend in Asia. But other than that, like I'm just, (laughs) I like to munch. I do my better work on a fuller stomach. I love a tortilla chip. Oh, fuck it up. And I do this thing where my husband will come home and be like, oh, the bag of chips. Yeah. Which is gone because I'll eat the entire bag. Yeah. And Van's like, Jenny's chips. (laughs) Either something's good in Jenny's life, something bad is going on in Jenny's life. But it's like a the certain moment calls for the bag of chips. Absolutely. Need it. That's how I am with cheese straws. Do you know what cheese straws are? It's a very Southern thing. It's essentially butter, flour, or some sort of like shortening and cheese. And they turn them in. Okay. You know, like there's a Parmesan crisp. Yeah. Those are a big thing. A cheese straw is basically, God, it's hard to describe. It's like it's cayenne pepper, cheese, I think flour. And it just turns into like a hard little cheese, little brick thing. And they're they're almost like cheese crackers, but but really highly concentrated. It's like if a cheese cracker and a Parmesan crisp had a baby, it's these. Okay. And they're really high fat and they're fucking delicious. They're very big in Mississippi. Shout out to the Mississippi Cheese Straw Company. But they're like my favorite thing in the world. Big thing where I'm from are fries and gravy. Hell yeah. So it's like a thick steak fry with thick brown gravy poured on top. Like a poutine? It's similar to a poutine, but we don't have any cheese curds on top. It's just gravy. They're soaked in gravy. Is it a meat gravy? Yes. The fries become so soaked in it. You could also order your gravy on the side and dip, but I like mine poured on top and then you start eating them with a fork because they become soggy. Oh, that's my wet dream. Yeah, it's really good. Russo's Bar and Grill, Amsterdam, New York. Okay, we got to talk about where you're from. Now, is it actually a village? Because some of the places up in upstate New York are villages. No, this is the town of Amsterdam, but it's an old mill town. So it's like along the Mohawk River. Okay. And so we were known for back in the day, I think like in the 20s, 30s, we were one of the richest towns in America because we made carpets. And so we still have like rug city cabs. That's our cab line in, in Amsterdam, New York. But then all the rugs went down south. 
So yeah, Dalton, Georgia. So now where I'm from, baby. You took all our money. We did. Now we are broke as fuck. And we were like one of those classic dying towns in America. So my dad is a podiatrist. Okay. And just retired. Shout out to Joe. And what's wild is that the only thing that brings money into the town, so everyone travels for work out of town, is the hospital. So my dad is still treated like back in the day where it's like, oh, doctor, hello, doctor. Right. My dad's a podiatrist and he is revered as like- Like he is saving lives. Yes. I mean, he is. He's saving feet. He's saving feet. We need our feet. You got bunions- and grown toenails, any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so, and people, my parents are still considered new in town, but they've lived there for almost 40 years. What? Yes. I am from like blue collar Gilmore Girls, Stars Hollow. I'm from like a blue collar Stars Hollow. Have you ever seen the movie Beautiful Girls? Of course. Fucking love that movie. Yes. That's where I'm from. Oh, damn. Yes. Yes. What people don't know about me is like, I like the finer things in life. Right. I also kind of have a voice where I sound a little bit like a children's book character or something. I okay. think I have a little touch of that. That's what people tell me. Right. right. So it's not, it's unexpected when I'm like, I just want to eat meatballs. And if you challenge me to a fight, I will fuck you up. Right. Like Jackie Scavello shit on the hood right. of her ex-boyfriend's car in high school. Like these are the people I used to roll with. Oh, fuck it up. So well, I, I felt that energy and I told you straight out the gate. I said, I misjudged the voice of maybe, I don't know, somebody who works at a Claire's, like a Claire's <laughs> jewelry shop, but who like is the manager of a Claire's. You know, and yep. you like pierce the ears. Yes, yes. So yes. really that's the vibe I got. And the fact that you and your friends took shits on ex's cars in high school. Just rode hard around town in the Jeep Cherokee and- Who didn't love a Jeep Cherokee? Gotta love that. Gotta love that. We called it the Black Beauty. Oh my God. Absolutely. Did you call it? Jeff had a Jeep Cherokee up until like four years ago and he called it Black Beauty. <laughs> and my parents sent me- to what's like they sent me away. They wanted my sister and I to go to a Catholic high school. Okay. And the only Catholic high school in my small, I'll say podunk, but with a lot of love and respect, town had closed. So they sent us to Albany, New York. And I went to a high school that was essentially, we had talked about this, was Sister Act 2. So that was like my high school experience because my parents wanted us to have street smarts. Mm -hmm. And our principal went to college with my parents, but he like carried a bat around the hallways. Like- Fuck it up. So I could not be more grateful for that experience because- in LA, like there are no black people. Mm -hmm. None. In Hollywood, which is a problem. And I love that all of that is coming to a close because I'm just like, my life just got progressively whiter. And I'm so glad (laughs) that my parents were like, you're going to go to high school with Lauren Hill. (laughs) And thank God. Um, So it was also weird is that I was known as like a rich kid in high school, which was hilarious when I went to college and realized that was the farthest thing from the truth. Right. Because I had a car phone. Oh, in in Black Beauty? In, in the Black Beauty because it was my mom's car, then became right. my sister's car, then became my car. So this car had a car phone, but that was fancy as fuck. You were basically Ivanka Trump. Yeah, I was. Literally. <laughs> high school. It was crazy. It was, but then I went to Emerson College and and then it, it basically I went from having black friends and then going to Emerson College and like meeting Jewish people for the first time. Right. Because I was just from like just such a like blue collar. Your dad was just small town. checking out feet. Yeah. So that's like my whole like background. People get, are very, all my other stuff doesn't really show up front. I respect that. I went to private school, but I had a very different experience in private school. We were like a bougie school in the suburbs of Atlanta. 
But listen, one of my buddies, Andrew Collin, who's a a comedian with me, we had this whole thing like we just want to interview kids who like went to private school because everybody, even though people like, oh, you went to private school, Mike, no, everyone's had a totally different experience. Yes. You know? Yeah, absolutely. That's how I felt like when I went to summer camp in the summers, I met kids who went to boarding school during the year. And that was fascinating. Boarding school kids, they are all fucked up. There's not a single boarding school kid that I haven't met that who didn't try PCP at the age of like 11. But they're highly successful today. Well, of course. Mm-hmm. Of course, exactly. But that's what that's what America's built on. And I respect <laughs> it. I've learned a lot from them. But yeah, they were all, I mean, at summer camp, we would talk about it, like the drugs and the sex that they had was very different than the non-drug like the hand job. that we were having. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Do very, you know, I, in like the seventh grade, asked Jeeves what a hand job was because I didn't know. <laughs> I heard my sister and her friends talking about it. And my sister like checked like, you know, the queue, like cachet or whatever on the, the history on the computer. And she literally came over to me and she's like, so do you want to know what a hand job is? And like laughed at me with all of her friends. I was like, what is it? Just Jeeves tell- wouldn't tell me. I have no idea what it is. And I do want to know what a hand job is. And she was like, oh my God, Heather. And then she's like, realized I did not know what it was. I'm like, I'm like in the sixth grade. How the fuck am I supposed to know what a hand job is? (laughs) I heard you and your hussy friends talking about it. So I asked Jeeves. I also was such a goody two shoes in the sense like I caught my sister smoking cigarettes. In my old house, I had like a flat roof off my roof. So one day I came home and my sister was literally sitting on the flat part of my roof smoking cigarettes outside my window. I cried for four days. I thought she was pregnant. I thought she was going to jail. Like that's where I just immediately was like, you've broken the law. You're like, she was like 16. I was 13. I was like, you're 16 smoking cigarettes. You're going to jail and you're pregnant. Meanwhile, I was 12 years old on a canoe out in the, at the, my parents' lake house, just smoking yeah. ciggies. Yeah. Salem lights. Yeah. Salem yeah, yeah, lights yeah. at 12 out on the lake. Oh, so you did that early. Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. Once I had a taste of the booze, that was a good time. But honestly, I've never even been that exploratory with drugs. I like to smoke weed, did cocaine once or twice. Eh. Here's the new thing. So I've never, I'm not a drug person either. I've never done anything outside of marijuana. The new thing though is- This Gouda salsa, (laughs) this cheese chutney. That's my drug of choice, snacks. Amongst my friends is mushrooms, molly. Oh yeah. uh, And it's all for recovering from trauma and doing (laughs) like they are. I'm like, so we're just all, I had a friend who said, do you want to do, I can't remember what it's called, but it it was something with three letters, like DMT or something like that. And I'm like, what would happen? They're like, we're going to lay you down on a bed because it hits you really fast and you're going to see things and it's going to be crazy for five minutes and then it's over. I was like, I, I think they just call it that. huffing. Like to me, that's just doing <laughs> oh, whippets. Is you that know what, what I mean? it is? I mean, whippets last like 10 seconds. I never understood the kids when you go to parties in high school and I would drink and party, but I never understood the kids who did the whippets. You know, you just have a bunch of kids going and then they black out for 30 seconds and then they're back. And I'm like, Dylan, are you good from your whippet? That was like private school kids in the city of Albany, New York. Where That was like the CBA boys. I feel like we're whippet kids or maybe, does that sound right to you? Yeah. We were just like beer in the woods kids. I love that. I respect that. I mean, we did a lot of beer. We had the parties. <laughs> we had this kid, Jake Elrod. He got in trouble for throwing a party. Couldn't come on our class trip. We drove like buses up to DC, right? We'd always go on these like bougie the class trips. Yeah. Yeah. He had to go on the class trip. He was banned on going from the trip because he got like suspended for like drinking beer or something. So he drove his BMW and followed the buses. And finally he got all the way up to the hotel. He would like follow us along. And all the kids at the school knew that he was like following us in his BMW. It's like four charter buses and Jake Elrod. And then finally he was being too bold and he basically exposed 
exposed himself at the hotel. And one of the coaches saw him and they're like, Jake Elrod, what are you doing on this trip? And he's like, I drove my BMW all the way up here. You can't stop me, Coach Beasley. It was like that thing. And then his parents had to fly up to DC and get him. Like that kind of dumb shit where you're like, really, Jake? And I remember the whole time even being like 15 going, Jake, this is immature. Jake, we don't need Jake, this. Jake, we don't need you on the trip. You're being such a Jake right now, You're Jake. You're being such a Jake. Yeah. Such a Jake Ryan. Oh my God. Yeah. I did love high school though. I thrived in high school. I really loved high school. I did. I had a good time, but I went to the same school from kindergarten through 12th grade. So I knew everybody. Oh. And I was, I did theater. I did sports. I was just kind of in everything. I was just nice. I really was a nice kid. I was like, let's just have some fun. And because I did theater constantly kept me humble. I was the one doing like the nerdy presentations, you know, in chapel. We had to go to chapel. Did y'all? Yeah. Oh yeah. Every day? We had church. No, every class period started with a prayer. That's how they made everyone be quiet. Oh yeah. That would ring. It's like in the name of the father and the son. But, oh, we had a crazy nun who taught at our school, Sister Anne Marie. And on the very first day of theology, she wrote on the board, F-U-C-K. And I was like, what's going on? And she's like, and she was from Boston. Mm -hmm. And uh, (laughs) so she was like, full unlawful, Connell knowledge. Oh. And she's like, that's what fuck means. And then she said, if blowjobs were meant to occur, child would come from the mouth. <gasps> Did I butcher the accent? No, that was, been, no it's it was, been a minute since no, it was heard pretty Sister Anne Marie's uh, blowjobs what, what were meant to occur, child would come from the mouth. She's got a point. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I was mean, like, Sister Anne Marie, hello. I was like, Did you hear that, fellas? No <laughs> blowjobs for you. Thank you, Sister Anne Marie. You got my back. Yeah. Were the sisters nuns or just teachers who were called sisters? And nuns. So they never had sex? No. I mean. I, can I be honest with you? I don't know how anybody would do that. Well, the. Oh, okay. Oh, Lucky. Blue come wants on. to come sit okay, on your blue. lap. Come here. You want to get up here? Why don't you get up here? Okay. You want to sit on my lap? Oh, oh. wow. He's Ooh, such, okay. a, such, such a. Such a love bug. Such a love bug. We had one nun though, Sister Ellen, who ran the, I don't know what it was called, but you'd go to her if you had a problem. and she Planned had this, Parenthood. <laughs> And she had an office that had like a couch. So she like got all the secrets out of you. It's like where you would go if you were like fighting with your friend. Right. You found out you were pregnant, something like that. Right. And she wore Birkenstocks and was like so down. Uh And you knew. Like listen to the Grateful Dead. Yeah. And she was so down that I was like, she is a lesbian. Oh, for sure. Sure enough. Left the church, got married to a woman and is now like teaching poetry and storytelling. Good for her. Living her truth. I'm glad she found herself. Me too. We had a soccer coach and I won't say her name because I don't know if she's living or not. And I think they had a fundraiser for recently, but this very heavy set woman who was blatantly a lesbian, like blatantly my soccer coach. And she, apparently one of the parents saw her at like a Melissa Etheridge concert. (laughs) And they were like, I wish coach, we'll just call her Coach Smith. And I remember my friend's dad was like, I wish Coach Smith could just be who she is. Why the fuck are we sending you guys to that horrific school? I was like, great point. And I'm a Christian, but I believe God made all types, all kinds. All kinds. We're supposed to love who we want to love, be who we want to be. But I, I, there were moments, I remember like the sex education that I got at my school was only about abstinence. There was no education. There was no health education. It was only about abstinence. Okay. Oh, oh, oh my, my God. God. Lucky. Oh my God. Oh my God. We talk about sex. Lucky, stop. Uh, oh my God. He's looking at me. Don't you dare. Lucky just put his tongue in my mouth. Whoa. Whoa. Whoa Lucky, you sit on your own chair. Wow. That dog just got frisky. Lucky, why did you lick me? All of a sudden, you just had. Oh. Maybe it's a coach. Maybe she passed. Coach, is that you? Is that you? <laughs> yeah. It's okay, baby. 
Oh my God, so soft. Wow. Wow. Lucky just got horny. All of a sudden it was just like, oh, come here. Come here, Heather. Come here. I never, so I didn't grow up Catholic. I grew up non-denominational Christian. The school that I went to was Church of Christ and Church of Christ is just fucking crazy. We were not allowed to play instruments during worship because, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure David played like the fucking harp for Jesus. So <laughs> that makes no sense. And then I was student body president and I wasn't allowed to say the prayer in front of the entire congregation the, in the entire school because I was a woman. Like very archaic whoa, things. Whoa. Yeah. Our school, shout out to Greater Atlanta Christian School, hot dumpster fire of an education system now. But it was a really prestigious Christian school in the sense like my parents sent me there. My mom was like, I want you to know who the Lord is, but I also want you to have a great education. But then it was connected to the Church of Christ. And I think they branched off from being like that sect of Christianity, but it got crazy. Like I would come home and tell my parents what they were telling me at school. My dad was like, I'm fucking furious. I'm going up there. This is insane. Oh insane. God. And all the kids whose like parents were like really involved, they all ended up getting like pregnant at 16. You know what I mean? It was one of those where I would go home and my parents were very liberal and smart. But I was like, listen, God is great. I want you to have a Christian education, but also know that like sex is a good, healthy, normal thing. Yes, you know? Kyle. Yes. Yeah. Oh, dad was the one who was like, totally like, listen, your mother's fucking crazy, but the sex is great. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I just had, I mean, I loved going to private school as the best thing ever. Best. But there were moments where now I look back and my sister and I have these kind of like, we'll get like high sometimes. I'll be like, do you remember what like Mr. Slaughter told us in, in our health class? And she'll be like, that was fucked up. Sure, sure. Yeah, There's and there's a difference. Like my school was private, but it was a parochial school. Right. So it was just, I mean, it was Sister Act too. You can right. watch that for reference. That's right. exactly what was, what was going I on. I will follow him. Follow him wherever he may go. Wow, needed to warm that voice up. A little horse. It's been a long day. It has it's been, been a long, long day. day. It's the new year and you know what? I'm not doing dry January, okay? I'm having a wet Wednesday. I'm drinking responsibly, but just because it's a new year and we've got fitness goals does not mean I'm not gonna keep indulging and having a nice glass of wine after a hard day. The cool thing is I still take DHM Detox, which is a vitamin for people who like to enjoy alcohol. Anywhere from a little bit to a lot. You don't have to take DHM just if you're having a crazy wild bachelorette style night out. No, no, no. You have literally two glasses of wine and then you get that headache. Well, that's why I take DHM Detox. You enjoy your drinks without that next day nausea, brain fog, anxiety, or the headaches. DHM Detox uses science to help boost your body's natural response to alcohol. Really and truly, this is a no-brainer. I just take two capsules after my first drink. So I just had to pour myself a nice glass of Sancerre. And then all it does is help break down those pesky toxins that make you feel like shit. Can you tell I've just had a glass of wine? I can't even get the words out. The good thing is... I know that the next day I'm not going to feel like shit. And for just a couple dollars, you can wake up feeling fine after night out of drinking. Hey, listen, they also have free shipping on all orders in the US. DHM Detox is a risk-free purchase. So if you aren't satisfied after taking the product, they will give you your money back. Again, I've said it before, this is truly a no-brainer. If you don't want your head to hurt the next day, then take DHM Detox. I've got a special offer for you. 20% off your order. Just head to dhmdetox.com and use promo code absolutely at checkout. That's dhmdetox.com. And if you have any questions, send them a message at dhmdetox on Instagram and they're going to tell you exactly how the product works. I will not go out even for dinner to have a glass of wine if I don't have my DHM Detox in my purse. No wasted days this year because honey, it's 2020. We got shit to do. Now back to the podcast. Well, so, you know, now you went to Emerson and then where'd you end up? And in then LA. I, then I ended up out in LA. My internship, I did my last semester out here. I got an internship at Jimmy Kimmel. 
He was great, super nice to me. Then I became a production assistant there. And then I became the receptionist there. And I was so bad at it, but I just had such positive energy that they called me down one day and they were like, we would like to promote you. And do you want to be on one of the executive producer's desks? And I was like, guys, I'm a horrible receptionist. (laughs) And they were like, you are? I was like, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm terrible. And they were like, what do you want to do? And at the time I just wanted to act. I was like, I want to act. And they were like, okay. I was like, you know, I think I should leave. They're like, are you quitting? I was like, yeah, I think, but this has been great. I look back at that. I'm like, what a fucking idiot Idiot. I was. Because I ended up just producing and writing anyways. I should have just stayed. I don't know what I was thinking. Isn't that great when you look back, you're like, I was so naive. I mean, I think about that. This is not the same thing, but when I went through like sorority rush, I'd walk into some of the houses that I should have been like, I really want to be here. And I was like, I'm not going to join the sorority. This is not for me. (laughs) And when I look back, I was like, oh fuck. I almost had like sorority suicide. I knew I wanted to be a Delta Gamma. I was like, hey, Tridel, this is your girls wear chacos. I'm not into this. I'm not doing this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. And so I left and then I became a preschool teacher. <laughs> you were, I did not know this about you. You were a preschool teacher? Yeah, for a few years. And then I started booking commercials. So I was able to leave that job. I had like enough money yeah. squirreled away that I could leave. And then the parents were like, you're leaving? And I was like, well, yeah, and I'm an actor. And I like, they're like, would you nanny? So then they started paying me more than I was making as a preschool teacher, right. but for watching one kid. Right. So I did that. And then I just wiped a lot of asses for a few more years. And then do you know this, that I owned a summer camp in Maine? I do know about the summer camp with your sister. <laughs> yes. Then I owned a summer camp for six years in Maine with my sister. And then had had like a another offshoot summer camp here in, in Los Angeles where we did like a real world situation where we rented a house in Toluca Lake and we had like all of these wealthy girls from Massachusetts in high school come and live in the house. And then we would take them all around Hollywood. And then we would have guests come to the house from the industry to talk to them about like all different jobs they could have living in. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and tell you this right now. The way you're describing this, this sounds like a sex dungeon, like an (laughs) R. Kelly sex dungeon. And if I was a parent, like looking back, if you're like, Hey, this is your pitch. Hey, so I want your daughter to come out to LA. I'm going to put her in a house with a bunch of other girls at Toluca Lake. And then we're going to have people visit the house and tell her how she can be famous. I'd be like, get the fuck off my lawn. Get out of here. You know, maybe that's why I didn't take off. (laughs) (laughs) I've done a lot of things. I've done a lot of weird things, but I'm done mostly service jobs, like, like bartending, serving. I was a nanny for the richest kids in America and they were the biggest bullies. Like (laughs) I just- They are. I I had one kid I put in the bathtub and he was screaming, crying. And then he said, I want the water to be as tall as a tower. And I was so tired. And I was like, fuck this kid. And I looked at him and I said, if the water was as tall as a tower- you would drown and then- (laughs) Oh God, fuck yeah. Say it, say it, say it. And then you would die. So you don't want that, do you, Luke? And And Luke was like, just then he (laughs) just turd like came up to the top of the water because he shit himself. (laughs) And then he was right as rain, nice as can be from that moment forward. Luke had to be put into, in his place. I think a lot of children need to be I've checked. I had one glass of Sancerre and I'm like- Can I tell you? I, I think told I got- you my darkest secret that I told a child he would drown to death, but he was being an 
asshole. That kid was a monster. No, I, good for you. And honestly, this sounds Sarah. I think it might have like DHT <laughs> or whatever. DMT. DMT, because I feel fucked up. Do you? Yeah, I do I too. couldn't get my words out earlier. I know I probably told this story on the podcast before, but one summer I worked for the Royal Saudi family and I was nannying for these like British billionaires and their kids were such fucking brats. Not the Saudis, the British billionaires. The mom was like clearly having an affair with like one of the neighbors. It was a whole thing. And basically they, they bought this house near the Playboy Mansion. It was like a $50 million house. So I'm w- w- nannying for the two little kids. The little girls just never heard no. And their mom had like an eating disorder. It was just a bad example. The dad was uglier than sin. It was a whole fucking thing. Like clearly the mom married for money. And I saw the girls the next summer. They actually, I've never been fired from a job, but I wasn't asked. Like the mom just quit answering my phone calls. So I was like, oh, clearly they don't want me to come back. And I was so good to the kids, but I wouldn't put up with their bullshit. I was just like not having it. So the next summer I see them with this other nanny, this South African guy named Roger. And Roger and I became friends during the whole nannying thing because he nannied another family across the street. So I see one of the little girls and I'm just we'll call her Zoe. I was like, oh, hi, Zoe. And Zoe had got hit that like 13 awkward age. And I was like, I see you got braces. And Roger's like, you look great, Heather. You look so nice. I'm like, thanks. I was like, just coming from an audition. And I said, Zoe, I see you got braces. Yeah, you're in your awkward phase. Give it a couple of years and you'll grow out of it. Bye. And I walked <laughs> off and I called my mom. I was like, I just told that little bitch what's up. My mom was like, Heather, she's 13. I go, I used to, I mean, I used to call Jeff during this nannying gig and I would call him hysterically crying in my car because these kids were so fucking mean to me. I understand. They called me fat every day. I mean, this is perfect for your podcast. There was one family I worked for and the dad told me that it was his daughter in the back seat with her friend. And he said, hey, we're going home. Jen's babysitting tonight. And she said, oh, absolutely not. <gasps> and the dad was like, what? And she was like, all she ever says is absolutely not. <laughs> because I would get absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. What right. you're about to do, not happening. Oh, you're on the roof? Gonna jump into the pool? Absolutely, absolutely not. not. No. Not yeah. having it. Listen, you have to be firm. People have to have respect and be nice to and, each other. And that, that was my Why problem. Don't kids know how to, I mean, I was terrified of my parents. Terrified. I would never, ever. ever. Also, all I wanted to do as a kid was sit in front of the TV and eat snacks. No, that's all I want to do now. What's wrong with these monster children? These, these kids knew. And I thought it, and I literally, so they started prank phone calling me for a while. They started crank calling me from what? London. Yeah, really vicious stuff, mean stuff. Yeah, it was like a 13-year-old and 11-year-old. Mean as fucking little twerps. And the girl, little girls are pretty. They'll be pretty. But their dad is, I mean, he's busted. I don't give a fuck if they hear this. These little kids, hey, guess what? If you're listening, your mom was having an affair. And you know who she was having an affair with? You and I both now. That was the thing too. I thought about it when they quit calling. I was like, I'm going to fucking blow up the spot. But then I was like, no, it's not worth it. These kids are assholes. I don't care. And I, you know what? I hope that nobody you know, comes for me. But if you do, I'm ready. Got one glass of Sancerre and we're letting it loose. I think we've sent some pretty, everybody can handle this stuff, right? Absolutely. Okay, great. No, I bitch about everybody. My thing is, I remember being in that moment going, you can have all the money in the world. And I really did learn that lesson. You can have all the money in the world and still be a miserable cunt. And between the mom who was had an eating disorder and clearly hated her husband, but married him for money. And then I'd go over to the Saudis and there was a whole situation. Like the nannies were basically locked in the basement. I had to like call 911 once. It was a whole thing. I signed an NDA, so I can't really get into it. But I really learned a lot that summer. And I was like, you know what? I'm richly blessed. And this is all great material because it's real. Something that I learned from nannying, babysitting, et cetera. And I want to see if you agree. Yeah. You walk into a home. Yeah. You can immediately tell what's going on in someone's marriage. 
easy. Absolutely. One, one night of babysitting. One night. You're like, okay, I see that. Okay, he put his um, button-down shirt in the guest bedroom. So that's where he crashed last night because he's a raging alcoholic. Okay, yep, 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 yep. Okay, when they come home from quote-unquote date night, they hardly look at each other. They go to their computers and then they start asking me to babysit and they start to sync up their calendars, but he's staying at the beach house three nights a week. And that's a wrap on the Miller marriage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was good with babysitters. I can I be honest with you? I was one of those kids. My mom would walk out the door and I'd start crying. And then I'd be cool. I'd be cool. But oh, I did. I, I get homesick a little bit. You know what? That checks out. <laughs> you love Robin. I love my mom. I love my dad. Rest in peace. But I do. I get a little homesick. I noticed this actually. I was, you know, flew out here yesterday. I got in a big fight with Jeff before I left. And I realized I do the exact same thing that my dad did. I love being on the road and I love traveling. And I've always considered myself such an independent person. But I just wanted like three days at home with Jeff. And so I pick fights before I leave. And my my dad used to do this. My dad used to be the biggest asshole. I'll never forget. He never wanted me to leave. So when he dropped me off for summer camp once, he dropped me off at the airport because I used to go to surf camp. He we literally like called me a cunt as I was getting out of the car. He's like, you're such an ungrateful little cunt. Like shove the door. I'm hysterically crying. He's hysterically crying. And then he called me 15 minutes later and he was like, you know, I just get grumpy when you have to leave. And I'm like, I noticed that with Jeff. Like I called him hysterically crying from the Uber. I was like, I'm sorry. He's like, you just didn't want to go. Like I get homesick. I love that. I know. It's funny because you're also never home. I'm never home. <laughs> I don't know, I know if you picked the right profession for a, but you know what? It drives you to yeah. get back home. Yes. It makes that reunion all the better. Yes. I mean, my dad was a great guy, but I just, he would do that. Like my, my dad traveled so much for work. My mom would be like, your dad's in a mood because he has to leave. It was just the weirdest thing. Because my love language is time. All I ever want to do is hang Quality out with people. Time, time Quality spent. time. Me too. Me too. I just want to hang out. Let's eat some cheese. Let's talk some shit on a podcast about horrific children that we've nannied for. <laughs> yes. You know? Yeah. Do you notice that nannying, like their quality is that, I don't know, get rid of my kids. Like, I don't know if they become assholes. I'm like, you have to, there are certain properties that I have to instill in my children. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, there's Work a list ethic, of absolutely eh? not. Yeah. yeah. You have to know how to, listen, if one day you can afford to have someone scrub your toilet for you. Great. But mm-hmm. you will learn how to scrub that toilet. Amen. That's important to me. My mom used to play Cinderella with me because I wasn't the brightest kid. So she would give me a Windex and a rag and I would <laughs> wash- say a thing of weed. Yeah, yeah. And I'd wash the baseboards and the windows and call it Cinderella. She yeah. put me in a Cinderella outfit and I would literally do her dirty work by washing the baseboards. But you got to learn. You, you got to yeah. learn. Because then when people do it for you, you have respect for that. Exactly. My cousin Jim, who he's been the general manager of so many hotels all across the country. And now he travels for Forbes and he makes sure that they keep their five-star rating. Thank you. Yeah. God, Sancerre. But He gets with the, all the staff and he does staff trainings for all these amazing hotels. He starts with the housekeeping staff and he like puts them up on a pedestal. Yes. And cheers them on. And he said that his very first job he was put on housekeeping for one week and he was so offended by it. But he was like, it was the greatest gift that was ever given to me. Amen. Because it's the nastiest job at the hotel. My children will, without a doubt, either be valets, work in a restaurant as early as they can, do some sort of caddying on a golf course. You got to learn what it's like to take some shit from some fancier people. Take some shit. And then also, because the hope is like, they'll go on to be hardworking people and make their own money. And they will know when they get out of a car and they park at valet, how to say thank you and how to tip the person. No shit. We're all just people. We're all just people. So have some fucking respect while you do it, you know? You know what? I, that's my biggest thing is I have no fucking tolerance. And there's somebody who's in my life who, God, she's so rude to wait staff. 
Like, and mm. it's somebody that I can't really like navigate around. She's so rude to waiters and wait. And I'm like, you've never worked a fucking day in a restaurant. You haven't even scooped a goddamn scoop of Rocky Road at Baskin Ramens. And it literally, like, I can't stand going to dinner with this person because they have no sense of what it's like to actually work any of those jobs. It's tough. That's it's tough. tough. That is tough. So if you're listening right now and your kid's about eh, shy of 14, get them a job working at a restaurant. Or you know what? You don't want your kid to do that. They are volunteering. They're fu- Habitat for Humanity called. They need a bricklayer. Here's a hammer. Here's a hammer. <laughs> Is that what a bricklayer does? I don't know. Do they need a hammer? I don't know. Here's a hammer. I think a bricklayer lays bricks. <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> okay, maybe this Gouda salsa, this cheese chutney. I mean, I feel like loosey-goosey, ample juicy. I'm like, what are we even- What, what are, are we, we talking what about? We talking about? Okay, listen, this is what we'll do. We'll wrap some of this up because I feel like we've been chatting for a while. Listen, I really wanted to bring Jen in here because I want y'all to, to hear her voice, get to know her. She's an incredibly talented writer. She's an incredibly talented comedian. And while she may not be like, you're not like zany on Instagram all the time. You have an incredible podcast called We Need to Talk About Britney, where you've been chronicling like what's been going on with Britney. And I think we should touch on it real quick. And I want people to go ahead and yes. go and listen to your podcast. But can I be honest with you, Jen? I'm getting a lot of people reaching out to me being like, Heather, you need to call Brittany. And I'm like, I have no direct contact. Like, what do you want me to do to help Brittany? Don't you feel that pressure there, as well? Yes. There is nothing to do. We yeah. cannot do it. Right. I mean, guys, it's an impenetrable wall of people in quotes protecting her. Like there's just no, we, we can't do anything. Right. We can't do anything. So my podcast, yeah, I'm not, I'm not on my Instagram being zany all the time. I'm a comedy writer and producer and an ideas person. But what I do on the podcast is I want to sit with people. I also have conversations about like mental health. Yeah. And because I think, as we know, it's a big theme throughout Britney's life and career. And people who love her and to ask why or to ask like, who is their Britney if Britney isn't someone who's important to them. But there's nothing for us to do. She is far gone. Right. And it's, I think, for a couple of different reasons. One, she has mental health issues and she is bipolar and she's gone off her meds and then she's back on and getting on a new cocktail of meds. And more than that, it's the environment. She's so controlled and they want to contain her. And we don't have all the information. We, I mean, like you and I both have inside scoop. Some things right. we share, some things we don't. So it could be rightfully so that they want to protect her, but also like she's never around other people. I just want her to like be able to go to Target and relax and like stroll through the damn store and try on a lip gloss. Make eye contact with someone and say like, hi, like that lip gloss looks pretty on you. What is that called? Right. And that's what we've learned. That's the only inside scoop that we will learn is that she can't even go to the gym without it being cleared out of people. She can't even go do X, go to a smoothie shop if there's one other person in there. So she hasn't even seen a fucking pedestrian in years. She's like locked at her compound up in like Thousand Oaks or Hidden Hills. You know what we need to do? If anybody who's listening right now, this is a, a decree, a cry. If anybody has a direct contact, a, a way that we could get a message to her, just to be like, we want to invite her over girl to girl lunch. Come have some fun and let's giggle. She needs to be able to sit around and just giggle with some gals. I want her people to know that we are a safe space for her. Yeah. And I think that like I might have blown that by doing this podcast right. about her because I've shared some thoughts about all of them as well. But I don't care. I wouldn't talk shit about your team. I literally just want to watch like season two of Killing Eve with you. Right. And just like order a za and just chillax. But I think she needs that A to B human communication because I know I get crazy if I'm not getting out of the house, yeah. you know, and it would make me probably do 
you know, yoga in some Sophie shorts and sneakers. Wait, Heather, what did you say? Order a za? Za pizza. Oh, za. I don't, I don't know za pizza. Yeah, people say like, oh, get a za. I don't, I don't know why I said that. I would never fucking say that out in the wild. You never- I, this, the sincere made me say, let's order a za. <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. Pizza. Because you're saying, I'm like, oh, order a za. It's not a brand. No, it's like a like a za, like or pizza. Yeah, yeah, pizza. No. It, it's just so like a za. Short for za. Yeah, like Let's Frat Daddy said, they're like, "Yo, get a couple zas." <laughs> you never heard that? No, I was like, "Is this a brand I don't know about?" Oh, pizza? wait, did she? Did Lucky just turn off your mic? We just lost Jen on the mic because I can't hear you. So we probably just lost her. Literally, let's wrap it up here. Everybody follow Jennifer Zabrowski on Instagram. She's one of my dearest friends. Hopefully we're going to be making an Emmy award winning show this year. I just kicked her off the podcast because her microphone died. Oh, yeah. I want to promo one thing. Yes. I wrote and directed a short that's on Amazon Prime right now. So if you have Amazon Prime, go watch it. It's called Aaron's and it's got June Diane Raphael and Ike Barinholtz. And it's a good time. It's a Christmas special. It's a feel good. I know we're past Christmas. We're never past Christmas. It's errands. I have a, a Christmas idea for a movie that I want to pitch starring you. So we got to talk about that. Want to go out and sell that as well? <laughs> we're going to sell that too. Ladies and gentlemen, we got to get to another bottle of Sancerre. We've got pasta in our future and we got to work on our next project. Give it up for Jen, Jennifer Zabrowski. I just said that like as if I'm in a nightclub, like you just walked off stage. Thank you for listening. We got a little tipsy, a little fun on the podcast. As always, like, click, subscribe, share with your friends. I've said this since the beginning. I only want to bring in people that I actually love and enjoy. And you know, absolutely not to bratty kids, to a man moaning in his sweatsuit. Just be fucking normal, good human beings. Don't be a bitch. Don't be a turd. Just fucking take care of each other and be kind and look at somebody today in the grocery store and say, hey, you look great. That's all I have to say. I'll catch you on the next episode of the Absolutely Not Podcast. Over and out. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. And as always, follow me on Instagram at Heather K. McMahon. See you guys soon.